Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. There's a lot of information out there today and because it affects all of us, I thought it would be helpful for us to understand in our nation what the current statistics are. Today, 3 million Australians are living with depression or anxiety and in a 12-month period, over 2 million people will experience anxiety. Anxiety is the most common mental health condition in Australia and on average one in four people will experience anxiety at some stage in their life. So if you've battled anxiety I just want to tell you this morning you're not alone and sometimes there can be a stigma around mental health and things like anxiety but this morning we just want to bring all the facts into the light we're going to allow the light of God and his truth and his word to shine forth this morning let's understand it a little bit more what causes anxiety medical research has found anxiety to be usually a combination of factors including shock trauma abuse grief ongoing stress physical health problems relationship problems hormonal imbalance, substance use, personality factors, family history and lack of sleep. And there is a difference between stress and anxiety, which I think it's important to understand. So stress occurs when we have a stressor come. All a stressor is is something that brings pressure around our life. I think we all have pressure in our life, don't we? We all encounter stress. Stress is part of life. So some examples that, that we experience with stress are losing a loved one. There's nothing more stressful than losing someone that you love. We can also experience marriage cha- challenges, health problems, financial pressure, raising children, safety and security, difficulty at work, relationships, loneliness, moving house, changing jobs, conflict exams, unemployment change are all examples of stresses and pressures that we experience in our life and while stress and anxious feelings is a normal part of life there is um, a situation that can come about when these anxious feelings don't subside when they are ongoing and exist without a cause which makes it hard to cope with daily life and if you haven't experienced that in your life at any one point I guarantee you probably have someone close to you who has So really looking forward to God shining his light today on how we can find freedom. So stress from pressure is inevitable. There's some things we can change and some things we can't. But how we manage stress will actually determine our anxiety levels. So this morning we're going to be looking at how do I deal with with anxiety it's something that is helpful for us all to know for our own lives and for those around us and medically there are many ways to treat and manage anxiety and everyone's journey is different there's often a need for practical things which if you've been on that journey of of anxiety yourself you probably have found out things like you know exercise is really helpful and there's lifestyle changes that you can make and getting enough rest and pacing yourself and refueling and all that so there's a lot practical but our focus this morning is on how we can be empowered with the word of God to overcome anxiety because as Christians we believe that we don't just need to manage anxiety we believe that we are created to overcome anxiety and we are able to be in a place of living in freedom in Christ and this morning we're going to learn how to do that so as we launch this morning We're going to start with 
understanding what anxiety actually is. We've just heard the medical definition, but now we're going to delve into the Bible and understand what the Word of God has to say about anxiety. And it's going to bring some amazing revelation. That's what we're trusting in God. That's what His Word will always do. In Proverbs 12, verse 25, it says, Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression or weighs us down, but a good word makes it glad. The Old Testament Hebrew word there is diorgo, which means anxiety, anxious care, carefulness, fear, heaviness, or sorrow. Growing up, I lived in a lot of anxiety in my own life. As for many of us in my generation, had parents who were in the post-war generation. So my grandparents were all involved in the war in different ways. And that did affect how my parents were raised. And then that flowed onto their parenting. And as awesome as my parents were, they were doing the best job that they could. There were things that they did in their parenting in my childhood which gave me quite a sense of anxiety from a very, very early age. We then moved house eight times. There was also a generational spirit of fear in my family that had passed down from generation to generation. That can be another cause of anxiety that we see in the spirit. And last week, Pastor Shane preached on discerning of spirits and how the Holy Spirit can reveal these things to us, which is one thing that he did in my life. So upbringing, moving house, also had um, a very, very um, changed schools eight times, which was very traumatic for me as a child. And then my parents divorced when I was 11, separated when I was 11, and it was a very, very traumatic time. Um, for my family, very traumatic divorce. And um, it affected me very, very deeply, but I didn't process it because back then you weren't put in counselling or given any help. You were just told to keep smiling and keep going and you'll be right, love. And um, that's what I did. But, you know, when we don't process traumatic events and pressure and things in our life, if we bottle it up, it eventually comes out later in life, which is what actually happened to me I was also bullied in school we were living in poverty and by the time I got to year 12 I was very very depressed I'd learnt the art of coming out and being happy and smiling and self-harming in my bedroom I used to actually smash my head against the brick wall in my room which is probably why I have neck problems to this day and I started becoming obsessed with suicide and I started to really meditate on my funeral and what it would be like and I used to just want to die all the time. Very, very depressed. And um, I'm very, very thankful that um, I, the Lord sent people in my life to be able to look after me. And um, one of those people is I turned to my friend in, um, in legal studies in year 12. And I turned to her, her name was Sam. We're still friends today. And I said, you know, I just think it would be better if I was dead. And she was quite alarmed by that response and went and told Mr. Riles, my legal studies teacher at the time, who then committed to meet with me on a weekly basis and care for me and look after me. Um, there was another time where I was just praying that God would kill me. And I remember sitting in my room just praying, God, Lord, I just want to die. Will you just take me to heaven now? And I had a very, very clear vision of Jesus who came and sat on my bed and he said three words to me which have have changed my life forever he said live for me you see I was a Christian but I hadn't processed all these traumas that had happened in my life and um, I was very thankful for my auntie dot who um, used to pray and intercede for me day and night she'd ring me up with words from the Lord and just loved me and even though I was in a family of dysfunction she was a mother to me she cared for me 
she showed me the way and um, I was very, um, very, very um, reliant on her. And I just remember feeling like my life was absolutely a mess. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That word anxiety in that passage of scripture, marimna in the Greek, means care, worry, anxiety, apart, separated from the whole, dividing and fracturing a person's being into parts. So we can see that the biblical definition of anxiety goes beneath the surface to understanding what's really happening on the inside of us. It divides us into parts. It affects us in our mind. It affects us in our body. It affects us in our soul. It affects our relationships. Anxiety divides us on the inside and the outside. And anxiety was my normal. As a Christian, I knew I wasn't meant to be anxious. And those around me who hadn't suffered anxiety didn't understand what I was going through. And that made me feel worse and threw me into worse anxiety because I felt like it was all my fault. I needed help. And I'm very thankful that the first person I asked was the Lord Jesus Christ himself because I knew he was with me. And it doesn't matter what you're going through and what a mess you feel in your life. When you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. And that's exactly what I did every time I hit those places where I, I just felt like I'd hit the wall. And um, I really hated myself a lot, but I believed that God could turn my life around. And in year 12, one of the things that I wrote down, it was a sticky note at the time, but um, I wrote it on big paper so that you'd be able to read it. And there were the five words that I was believing God to achieve in my life. That I would be immovable, unshakable, stable, secure, and strong. And I used to look at that, I stuck it on my desk, and I used to look at that sticky note every single day. And I remember thinking, that is so impossible that I would ever be able to be any one of those five things. But I thank you, God, that what is impossible for me is possible for you. And I put my faith in him. My auntie Dot then died the next year and she died suddenly. I was only 18 and she was 47 and I was so close to her. And that was a very, very um, big shock for us. And, and to work through that grief was a very big thing in my life. But Jesus was my rock. And I was able to take all those things that she's taught me throughout my life and be able to apply them even when she'd gone to be with the Lord in heaven. In Matthew 6, verse 25, it says, Jesus teaches us to stop being worried or anxious, which means perpetually uneasy and distracted about your life, as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body as to what you will wear. Is life more than food and the body more than clothing? You see, Jesus wanted us to see things from his perspective and to be able to step outside of this world that we're living in and be able to look at from heaven's eternal perspective for our purpose here on earth. That word in the Greek, marimneo, means to be anxious, to care for. I am anxious, distracted. I'm drawn in opposite directions. I'm divided into parts to go to pieces because pulled apart in different directions like the force exerted by sinful worry literally 
to be divided and distracted. You see, we worry often because we care. We can see in all those definitions that the word caring is involved. But what happens is we worry because we care, but when we start thinking and living as though we, were, we are outside of God's care, anxiety fractures us and divides us on the inside and can separate us from Him and from those around us. You see, worry is incompatible with the trust in God. Now, that's the truth today, but how do we apply that? How do I deal with anxiety? I was so used to anxiety, I thought it was who I was. I wasn't even conscious that I was anxious. It was how I'd always been. It was like a CD playing in my mind, like a background noise all the time, these anxious thoughts. I was worried all the time. And I knew that worry was a sin. I knew the Bible taught us not to worry. Jesus taught us not to worry. But I, it had been so ingrained in my thinking that I was actually unable to deal with it myself. And when we had a baby born with a disability, I used to worry every day. I just used to battle it all the time. There was so much that was involved in her care. I used to do physiotherapy on her six times a day. She would sometimes scream in hours, um, scream for hours in pain. We would have trouble at night trying to get her to sleep. We'd wake up in the night not knowing what was happening. It was a very traumatic time for our, our family and um, our marriage went through a very very difficult amount of pressure as well and in that first Christmas I found myself you see I'd, I'd found ways to cover up my anxiety in my life I'd found coping mechanisms I was you know appearing quite normal on the outside but there was a turmoil going on on the inside of, of my mind and what would happen is when I would go through times of intense stress and pressure the anxiety would come out again and the first Christmas that Rochelle was born I was standing Everyone was laughing and happy around me. And, and we'd just been in the emergency at the hospital the night before. We'd had a terrible thing with her with her having an infection. I had hardly had any sleep. And Suzanne being Suzanne, I was still determined to cook the lasagna that I'd promised mum to bring on Christmas Day, which looking back was a pretty stupid thing to do. But I was sleep deprived and not thinking very clearly. And um, everyone was around me was happy on Christmas Day. And I remember just going out on the balcony to escape and looking down over the balcony, there was spilt concrete on the ground because my stepfather's a bricklayer. And I looked down and I thought it would feel so much better to feel smashed up on that ground down there and dead than the pain that I'm feeling on the inside now. And I'm very thankful that Jesus was beside me on that balcony. He was standing right there beside me. And I looked at him and I said, I don't think that's a very good thing to be thinking, Lord. And he said you need help honey and the Lord is very practical he said Suzanne you need to get counseling now I was very determined to deal with this with you know the Holy Spirit's my counselor and you know God is able to provide me all my needs but it was the Lord Jesus himself who spoke to my heart that day and said you need to get help outside of yourself and I just want to encourage you this morning getting help is not failure Getting help is awesome. You, we learn so much when we ask for help. You know, God's given us each other to be able to do this life together. And in the counseling process, I actually unpacked my life. It took a lot of courage to confront this anxiety. I had to put lots of practical things in place to support my road to recovery. And my strength came from the Lord Jesus Christ 
He is the God of peace. I had a beautiful Christian counselor and we used to pray together and she helped me on this road. The best thing I ever did in my life, it was absolutely wonderful. Well, not the best thing, darling. Marrying you was absolutely the best thing in the world. But it did set me free. And now Ian's got a much happier wife, which is awesome. Happy wife, happy life, the older Dave says. One of the scriptures I used to draw on because I used to really find my strength in his word. Isaiah 40, 29 to 31 says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You see, when we apply the Word of God, when we read the Word, when it becomes life to us, then we are able to overcome on a supernatural level as we speak the Word of God out loud. His Word has power. I began to start being led by the Spirit, not my emotions, to come into agreement with His Word, not my circumstances, and to start to speak life instead of speaking our perpetual doubting thoughts. One of the things that makes us come under the heaviness of anxiety is in what we say. So it's very important that even though we might be feeling a certain way, that we open up that Word of God, that we speak it out loud, and that Word has power to set us free. In my time of seeking for answers, I remember just lying on the floor before God saying, Lord, I know your word is telling me not to, not to be anxious and not to worry, but I can't do it on my own. He showed me the way through prayer, through plunging myself into his word, and finding encouragement in his house. Who knows that church is sometimes the most encouraging place you can be? In the presence of God, doing life together, encouraging each other. And I could be here all day telling you about all the people that have made a difference in my life in this church. It has made such, been such an important key in my journey to freedom. But the greatest passage of scripture that he gave me, which gave me all the answers that I needed for overcoming anxieties in Philippians 4. Let's turn there this morning. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 9. Now, like you, I'd heard this scripture a lot of times. But as God started to bring revelation out of it, I started to be able to apply it to my life in a new way. Reading from verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Wow, what a treasure of truth and knowledge and freedom in that one passage of Scripture. And and as we unpack this series, that's the passage of Scripture we're going to be focusing on because there is so many answers to life right there 
But this morning, we're just going to be touching on that first key. How do I deal with anxiety? By maintaining a joyful heart. This is one of the greatest keys. You know, we know, we think the opposite of anxiety is peace. That's true. The opposite of anxiety is peace, peace in God. But how do we get there? How do we get from the place of anxiety to the place of peace? It's through joy. Joy is the road to peace. Joy bridges the gap between anxiety and peace. Joy is the way that we get there. Sometimes we forget the importance of joy. It's a distinctive mark of being a believer in Jesus and is an attribute of the fruit of the Spirit. If we haven't got a joyful heart, it probably means we don't understand the nature of true joy, God's idea of joy, the reality of the joy of the Lord. There's a real key in verse 5 there. The Lord is near. See, when we have the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life, it's possible for us to encounter and experience joy, whatever we walk through, in His presence, through Him. John 16.33 says, Jesus speaking, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In Nehemiah 8 verse 10, the Bible teaches us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's joy that enables us to keep going. It's joy that gives us the strength. What is this joy? What does it mean to rejoice in the Lord? Joy is not an emotion. It's an attitude of the heart. And when we understand that, we realize joy is not dependent upon our feelings. Joy is not dependent upon our soul. Our feelings go up and down like a yo-yo, especially if you're a woman. It's just the reality of life. We can't be led by our feelings. We can have joy. Joy can be a constant for us in our life. James 1 verse 2 to 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Happiness is an emotion resulting from what's happening. That's actually where the root of the word comes from. But joy is the result of an attitude of gladness of heart. Gladness is the key for joy in our lives. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Gladness. Gladness is the key to joy. In Christ, the joy of the Lord is a supernatural alternate state of mind to anxiety. That's the good news today of what God has for each and every one of us. So how do we apply that to our lives? We need to choose joy in the midst of stress. We all heard those examples of stress. We can't avoid that. We can't control it. We couldn't um, avoid what happened with our daughter. We couldn't control that. But it was there. It was stress. We had to deal with that. We had to choose joy in the midst of it. I remember one day being on the kitchen floor, which I often was, crying before the Lord. And one day I stood up and grabbed the closest thing beside me, which is a tomato sauce bottle, and I waved it at the devil and I said, Today I might weep, 
but tomorrow I'm going to laugh. And I started to come into agreement with his word. Sorrow may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Let's confess that word over our lives. Let's enjoy the little things in life. I hope Pastor Rachel doesn't mind me sharing this story about Cosmo. Is that okay? When um, recently Pastor Rachel lost her dad, and, you know, from the time he was diagnosed with cancer to the time that he died was only six weeks. Now, that was a really traumatic time for the family. And they were all together and they were, you know, supporting each other and trying to process this and trying to come to terms with this. And what came in the midst of all of this? A little white fluffy puppy who was running around and making everybody laugh. And do you know that joy, I just thought, Rach, that was, I wanted to share that today because I thought that is such an example of what God's joy is like. That in that we can be facing the most difficult circumstances, but God brings us joy. He brings us life. When I get home from a stressful day, it would be easy for me to just be cranky with the kids and push the dog aside, but I choose to sit on that bottom step and let our labradoodle go crazy. Mum, mum's home, mum's home. He's just so excited and he's just going crazy. And, you know, I can enjoy that. We can choose joy. We can choose joy. We can choose joy. When we're in hospital with our daughter, I could have chosen to only focus on what was missing and turn really, really bitter and angry. But I chose joy. I chose the presence of the Lord. I cried out to God. I started thanking him. Lord, we thank you that Rochelle is alive. Thank you, Jesus, that we live in Australia. Thank you for these awesome specialists. Thank you that we have Sydney Kids Hospital. Thank you that you're looking after us, Lord. We can choose joy. That's gladness of heart coming from the inside and with my auntie dot losing my auntie dot i can be joyful knowing all the memories of the way she's imparted into my life and the difference that she's made within me that's lasted for all eternity and that i'm now helping other people because of the way she helped me that's how we find joy in christ gladness or joy is our our alternative for anxiety in the Lord we have his joy. We are in Christ. When our car cares are in him, his joy is our strength. And it takes time to learn how to cast our cares on the Lord. Is it easy? No. Does it come naturally? No. Does it make a decision sometimes, take a decision of making it every day? Yes. But it is possible. How do I deal with anxiety? In knowing and walking in that his joy is the path to peace. This joy is eternal. This gladness is not the temporal kind that we see in the world from what's happening in our lives or on the earth. It is eternal. It is the fruit of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and the overflow of his heart. We have joy irrespective of our present suffering or adversity or circumstances. We have joy irrespective of the vacillating nature of our emotions and doubting thoughts. As we continually focus on our great God and what he has done for us, he brings us supernatural, divine joy, which lasts for all eternity. You see, Jesus taught us how we can overcome anxiety and the only way to live a worry-free life. When he said life is more than food and the body more than clothing, he was inspiring us to live a life 
with an eternal perspective. His perspective. Love to ask the worship team to come just as we conclude this morning. So when we experience anxiety, when we're divided on the inside because of anxious care, instead of casting our care on the Lord, when we do that, anxiety has the potential to tear us apart on the inside, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritual, spiritually, and damages our relationships and steals our joy. So in overcoming this thing called anxiety, it requires a commitment to change what I think what I do and what I say. As we turn to the Lord for help in prayer and choose to build our lives on his word, we can choose to be led by his spirit, not our emotions. We can come into agreement with his word, not our circumstances. We can start to speak life instead of speaking our doubt. We can find that path to peace through joy. We can choose to draw on the strength of his joy in the midst of stress, in the midst of shock, in the midst of trauma and grief. When we hit relationship problems or a lack of sleep or come under financial pressure, when we face our health challenges or loneliness or conflict or change or when we're persecuted for our faith, we can choose life. We can choose him. We can choose joy. We can cast our cares on the Lord because he cares for us. And what does that look like? You know, it's going to look different for every single person. I love that God is not reduced to formulas. It comes out of a daily walk and relationship with him, reaching out for him, saying, Lord, I need you. And I can stand before you this morning and say, he answered that prayer. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ has done in my life. And I'm reminded every day how much I need him. He is everything to me. He's the reason I get out of bed in the morning. He can do that for every person in this place today. Did it happen overnight? No. It actually took many years. But I want to encourage you today, if you're on that journey, you will overcome if you don't quit. You will overcome. In the Lord Jesus Christ, we are more than conquerors. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, it is possible. And I can honestly say that I wouldn't have done the journey any other way because I am so helplessly dependent and in love with the Lord Jesus Christ today because of that walk with Him. Let's bow our heads this morning. We thank you, Jesus. Your joy is the path to peace. Your Word gives us the answers of how to deal with anxiety. And yes, there are times we need to ask for help to be able to walk that through, Lord God. You haven't designed us to do life alone. You don't want us to put patches on things and cover things up and pretend it's not there and just put on a smile and not process our feelings, Lord. You love us, Jesus. You care about the smallest things in our lives, Lord. You feel our pain. You're with us in times of sorrow and grief. Your arms are there for us saying, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Come to me. In Christ, we can be immovable, unshakable, stable, secure, and strong. 
not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus Christ is, because that's who He is. He is our strength. He is our joy. Lord, I thank You that we know that the first step to being a believer in You is in acknowledging our need for You and to know that nothing that we do can bridge the gap between us and God. We all need a Saviour. This Saviour of the world wants to save each one of us from sin and death. He died that we might live and not just live an ordinary life, but an extraordinary life, a supernatural life, a life abundant in freedom and power and joy and peace. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and want to confess Him as your personal Lord and Saviour, I'd love you to raise your hand in this place today if that's you. We've got time for that this morning. The Lord knows you. He loves you. He calls you by name. If that's you this morning, I'd love you to raise your hand in this place today. Say, yes, Lord, I'm going to respond to you. I'm going to acknowledge that you are God and I need you. I can't do this life on my own anymore. If that's you this morning, I'd love you to raise your hand and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray this prayer this morning because we all need our Lord Jesus Christ. Repeat these words after me. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge I have sinned against you. Forgive me of my sin. I believe that God raised you from the dead and confess today that you are Lord of my life. I thank you for your Holy Spirit who now lives in me and I receive you as my Saviour and commit to follow you for the rest of my life. Amen. You can look up this morning. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, we would love you to respond and to talk with one of us. Or if you're recommitting your life this morning, if this word has spoken to you this morning and the Lord's drawing on your heart, we'd love to pray with you. We're going to sing one last song, but after that song, if this message has spoken to you this morning and you feel that you would like us to stand in agreement with you, you might be battling this journey of anxiety yourself. You might be walking with someone else who is on that road. We would love to pray with you this morning and agree with you that God's supernatural power, there's an anointing here today to set you free.